Hey there, welcome to this broadcast. I'm Donnie Spano and I'm so thankful that we have this time together. And I thank you for believing with me that we will hear this correctly, that I'll be helped to speak this right, that uh, God will help us to get what's His and His alone. And uh, to, today we're looking at what we're, what we're looking at is how to help, how to help. Now we are to be helpers, laborers together with God, and uh, He will call us to be a help to other people as well. And there are people we're called to to help, whether it be in, in ministry, whether it be in our homes, in life, whether it be uh, in places, employment, uh, organizations, corporations. So how to help is a very wonderful thing for us to learn. It affects uh, our relationships with our spouses. It affects our relationships with our parents. It affects relationships with, uh, with our church locally. It affects... Uh, uh, organizations even more internationally that we need to really if we're to be a help to God it, it will make us the biggest help to other people and so the more we learn that how would God have us to help how does the Holy Spirit help us and when we can hone in on this and really get this in our own lives we make ourselves one of the most faithful and forceful people in the earth people that God can use like a powerful engine he wants to go somewhere he can count on you he can count on me he knows you know what they they're reliable I can trust them to do that thing and uh, you know it's very interesting Jesus the scriptures put out when the son of man returns shall he find faith shall he find faith on the earth we are so privileged to be in position to preach and teach faith. That's really one of our, it's our part. I really sense, I mean, it, it connects with other parts. You know, it, there's no, yes sir, no faith uh, in God, no faith of God apart from His gracious nature. And, uh, but I'm so thankful God has sent us and given us elders that they were called to preach faith and teach God's people faith. And uh, I'm so thankful that we've been able to come up and, and take part of that and continue that on to our generation. And uh, as the Lord leads us, we, we will preach and teach that, that uh, faith, the victory that overcomes the world, that which pleases Him, that which will receive all that is His. This faith, it's for you today. It's for me today. And when we are faithful, we are in position where God can use us, can be pleased with us, and in what we do, we overcome the world and are victorious. And when we are, others are with us. And uh, so we want to be faithful. That's how to help. How to help is faithful. And we've already talked about the helper being the Holy Spirit. How does He help? We've talked about, um, most recently, about directions. That you and I cannot faithfully help without having direction. That God, when we have something of faith, it comes by hearing and by the word of the Lord. So we first got something from Him, and it gave us directive as to what to do. And that's important because in this generation, there's many that believe, well, I'll just do this and that, and I'm calling that helping them. And not realizing it, if you've ever been in a position where you've had someone quote-unquote help you like that, 
and they're just going to do this thing and that thing, you found, we found that we have to then pick up some pieces we wouldn't have had to. We have to go kind of clean up messes because that was never directed. That was not the right time. That was not the right thing. And doing things we're not directed to do can never be a faithful work. And so there are times where it's okay to sit down. It's okay to get quiet. We don't need to fill in in conversation. You know, there can be some times where there actually is peace and quiet. Not quiet as in nothing's going on, but you get quiet with God. Spend some time talking to Him, praying in the Spirit. And uh, we don't need to feel, this is a pressure in this world. People think they have to fill the void. And so if no one's saying anything, they just, just say. We don't need to just be saying things. We don't need to just be doing things. And that's what's happened. People think, well, I'm bored. I should be doing something right now. Should you? What has God told you to do? Who were helping uh, those over us? Have they given us any direction? If the answer is no, then what should we be doing right now? It's not just going off and doing something. That's actually how you get out of God, out of God's uh, will and His way. And you can actually get in the way by doing that. And so we're talking today about following the leader. Now, well, we won't go there yet. Following the leader. This is something, I don't know if you as a kid ever had this, but this was a game. We would play this. You know, you could even sing, sing a little song with it, right? I'll, I'll let my wife sing the song. Uh, yeah, she, she, she's good at that. But <laughs> follow the leader, the leader, the leader, following the leader everywhere they go. And when we're following the leader, it's helpful that you and I are step in step. As they step, we step. Now, if we step two times while they step one, what are we? We're on their heels. That's not helping them. That's on their toes. Uh, step three times while they step one. If we were right behind them, now we're ahead of them. Are we a help to them if we're ahead of them? No. Now we're in their way. This is very simple. I know this, but this has happened. People think, oh, well, they've not transitioned themselves to stop and wait and focus. Know when I need to go, when I need to stay, when I need to pause. And by not having that close fellowship with the Father, they have overstepped. They've gotten out before Him. Or if they're continuing to step, and we're not stepping in step with them, then we're out of place. You ever had someone, I remember Brother Kenneth E. Hagin, he said uh, there were people that they'd say, well, Brother Hagin, we're right behind you. We're with you, we're with you. He said, you know, I'm kind of wondering how far they are behind me because I don't see them anymore. And we have to watch people. You don't just believe what, every, what everybody says because you know, just because we say, yeah, I'm with you, God, am I? Am I step in step with Him? Am I in close fellowship with Him? Because if I'm not, I'm not helpful. And this is very simple, but the people who are helpful, who help God, and who help those who He has told them to help, 
They are people that are available. I mean, let's be honest. If we're following the leader, if the leader needs help and he turns, where are we at? Because when he turns, when God turns and he's going, all right, who can I use? He's looking at who's available, who's ready, who's there, who showed up, who's there at class that day, right? Who is at church that day? Who showed up on time? Who got there early? Who is ready? These are the people whom God uses, people that are available to Him. And so you and I being step in step, close with our leader, it makes us and puts us in position where God can use us and we can be the greatest of help. And um, let's go now. Thank you, Lord. Let's go to, hallelujah, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. Let's build this faith in this again. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. Am I telling you right? Yep. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We are getting very, very good, hallelujah, at being the best help in this earth. When God's looking around to find some of His best to help, He's looking at us. He is looking at us and finding the best, some of the best to help in the earth. Hallelujah. Verse 9 here in 1 Corinthians 3, I'm going to read it to you in the Amplified Classic. And it says, For we are fellow workmen, we are joint promoters, laborers together with and for God. You are God's garden and vineyard and field under cultivation. You are God's building. Hallelujah. You are God's building. And... Um, this continues and says, according to the grace, the special endowment for my task of God bestowed on me. Like a skillful architect and master builder, I laid the foundation and now another man is building upon it. But let each man be careful how he builds upon it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. What is being built upon us what is enabling us to help is built upon the Helper, Christ Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and their wonderful helping. And, uh, yes, sir, we see here we have a call in this life, which is to be a worker together with God, that God has promoting that needs to be done. He, he is promoting Jesus in this earth. He is promoting heaven on earth. And you and I have a part in that. We're supposed to come alongside and help God in promoting heaven in the earth. Promoting His kingdom. God having His will and way. His dominion in the earth. You and I have joint promoting in that. We're to come alongside and help Him with it. And then He'll deal with us to help other people in ways. They have come under Him. They are helping Him do His thing in this earth. Or even there are things that we're to do. Some people are not called to full-time ministry. And their call 
is to do a, a particular trade, it's to do a particular profession, it's to do a particular business. And then they have part in another way. They have part in support for the full-time ministry going forth. And so God will enable their business to be blessed, enable their trade, <clears throat> excuse me, their trade work to go well. They're, they never lack good tools. They're one of the top electricians. They are some of the best stucco people. They are the best in health care, in child care. They, they have a thriving business. And because of that, God enables them to give well into the work of God. And they have just as much part because they did everything God showed them to do in helping that word go forward as the person who is helping that church to be organized and well fit to do every work it's to do, as the pastor who's preaching the message, as the evangelist that's reaching out, each and every part. These are people who also are being called of God to come alongside and help and promote God's way. And when they come on the job, when they do their business, it's done with excellence. People go and they think, man, I had that electrician come in. They were awesome. They were so easy to work with. They did a phenomenal job. They, I'm going to hire them again. And then they find out they're a believer. They are faithful to their church. They give to God. They love God. It is such a witness. And this is part of being a worker together with Him, a laborer together with Him. Hallelujah. And you and I can grow in this. There are, I know we mentioned this recently, but any good person talking about a trade, you and I, if we grow in what we're supposed to do, we can become masters of what we do. And there are master electricians. They didn't start there. They started in a journeyman. They started coming alongside and learning from someone who did it for so many years. They came under the experience of others and they grew up and they got stronger and they got wiser and they started learning different ways and they started growing in their skills and capacities and they were more and more useful. They were more and more helpful. And you and I can continue in this. And we can grow in being faithful. We can grow in being helpful and usefulness to the Father. And this is key, hallelujah, in becoming more and more anointed in what we do, more and more used of God and the Holy Spirit on our things. And it is such a relief when you call someone in to do a work and you don't have to go and fix it yourself afterwards. You don't have to touch it up. You don't have to hire someone else and bring someone else in. This is anointed work. When God comes on your things. You know, there were men, some of the first men that were anointed, they were anointed for building up and constructing the house of God. They were, they were anointed to bring together huge stone and, and great you know, pieces of cedar. and they, they created the house of God. They were anointed to do it. God, the Spirit of God, came on them to do this mechanical, engineering, constructive work. It's the same Spirit of God who comes on to preach the Word and teach the Word and 
cook a meal and teach a child. Can you see this? Change a diaper, right? Without getting peed on. I mean, this is the anointing will come on us to be a help in every place we're at. And we have a call to be a helper of God and a helper of those He's called us to. But it comes together with going back to following the directions we have and following the leader. Which also means we need to know who are we under? Who are we to be following? Who is it that we're to be step in step with? Because if we don't know, we're going to be behind or someplace else. And so then when our leader looks behind and goes, where's my help? We're not there. We're not available. We're not faithful. We're not helpful. I'm thankful that's not us. I'm thankful we know whom we serve. I'm thankful we know whom He has put over us, that we are in close proximity, we're step in step, and we are faithful and helpful. Uh, as I've been saying this, I've been thinking, our elder, I know they, uh, um, our pastor, I know he had talked about being early on in ministry, helping out in, in healing school, in uh, Brother Kenneth E. Hagen's ministry. He talked about coming to a place where he was praying and really asking, you know, pleading with God, give me more anointing. If you don't know what the anointing is, it is the Spirit of God on you, empowering you to do what only He can do. And he's thinking, I need more anointing. You know, the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. People are coming in, they need to be healed, they need to be delivered. I need the anointing to do that. And so he's pleading with God, give me more anointing, give me more anointing. He said, finally, the Lord came, got it across to him. The thought came, faithfulness, faithfulness. And he said, he thought, okay, that's great. I'm going to study that and I'll do a message on that later. But what I really need, God, right now is anointing. I need your anointing. And the same thought came to him, faithfulness, faithfulness. Well, God is answering his very heart. Faithfulness is the key to the anointing. And finally, he got that across to him. He said, every one of my children, when they're born of me, they receive an anointing. He said, many of my children have done nothing with that anointing. Why do they need any more? I'll say that again. He, he told him, he said, many of my children have done nothing with that anointing, with my spirit that I put on them. Why do they need any more? And the answer is they don't. If we do nothing, if we're not faithful with the Spirit of God and the portion and measure of which He's given Him to us, then we don't qualify for any more. There's no need for any more. If I'm not willing to step out and witness for Him in the places and times He's put forth before me, then why would I need any more? I'm not doing anything with what I got. He said He saw it. Faithfulness is the key to the anointing. It's the key to you and I being more helpful, more useful for the master, and more useful and helpful for anyone he calls us alongside to help. Hallelujah. Now let's continue in this. Thank you, Jesus. And let's look at Psalm 63, verse 8. 
Hallelujah. Psalm 63, verse 8. And we find that David mentions something here about his following after God and how closely aligned his following after him is. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. And he said this, he said, verse 8, My soul follows hard after you. Your right hand upholds me. Uh, the Amplified Classic says, My whole being follows hard after you and clings closely to you. Now, I looked up this word, follows hard, and um, there in the Hebrew, it gives this idea to impinge. Now, to impinge is to lock together. It's to, I mean, if someone is impinged to a wall, they can't move from it. They are connected to it. It has them clamped, clat, uh, yes, sir, uh, latched to that position. And um, it also means to cling or to adhere. That's like to be adhered to, uh, to adhere. Uh, I think of like a glue. You would adhere something. It means to catch by pursuit. Think of this like uh, if there is a highway patrol, if there is a hot pursuit. Have you ever seen this idea? Someone's attempting to flee and... Um, Law enforcement is in hot pursuit. They're following hard after this one. They are putting everything they have into following, into pursuing, into overtaking. They're doing everything they can to reach and to catch, to lay hold. Hallelujah. I think about what Paul said. He said, having done all, he talked about, you know, forgetting those things that are, are behind and pressing toward. He talked about to lay hold. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And it also means to abide. You find Jesus talked about. He said, abide in me, and I abide in you. You find this in the Gospel of John. Abide. That's another meaning for this word. It means to cleave, to be joined together, to overtake or to stick, to follow hard. After God. That's what the psalmist is saying. He says, My soul, my whole being follows hard after you, clings to you, God, attaches to you, abides in you, follows hard after you. Now, to be that connected, if we're following the leader and we're that close in proximity, if the leader stops, we are right shoulder and shoulder with them. We are brushed up against them. I mean, if if you're playing that, there's this game, follow the leader, and one's going right after the other, right after the other. And if that leader abruptly stops right there, the one right behind him is going to smack right into him. Follows hard after you, God. That's how close in proximity we are to be to those we're helping. If I'm supposed to help them, how close should I be? If I'm to help God, if I'm to help that person, I'm supposed to be in close proximity. Because if I'm not there, I'm not available, I'm not faithful, and I'm not putting His anointing 
to work like it should be. Which means I don't qualify for Him to use me anymore. I'm thankful that's not the case for us. Hallelujah. Now here, thank you Lord. Let's go to John chapter 10 verses 4 and 5. And um, I'm going to question here as you're going there. How many times have we gotten out before God? We're in the place of being helpful when we don't get out in front of those we're helping. And this brings out the thought, who is to wait on whom? Who is to wait on whom? If I'm following the leader, the leaders going forward, are they supposed to be waiting on me? It's very important that I know who I'm supposed to help because if I have the idea that I'm supposed to be, they're supposed to be waiting on me, then I'm out of my place. I'm out of alignment. And it can cause issue. It can cause me to be out of the will of God and to not be helpful where I'm supposed to be. No, if I'm helping them, they're not supposed to wait on me. No, I'm supposed to be waiting on them. You ever see a good waiter or waitress? <clears throat> there have been times where you're just waiting till you see them because I need some more water. I could really use some help here. I could use another glass. Or, I, you know, maybe you still need to order your food. And granted, they might be busy, but you're just waiting on them. You know what's nice? When they're waiting on you. And you don't have to look around. You don't have to look at your watch. You don't have to think, you know, well, they'll be here eventually. No, they're right there. Got their towel in hand. Yes, sir? What can I get you? Feel, yes, sir. I'd be glad to feel that. Fill it up for you. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. You're available. You're ready. And that's how you and I can be. For God, for His people who He's called us to, they don't got to look around for us. We're right there. Right there. At hand. Ready to go. Hallelujah. Which means we're not waiting on them to be strong and to be ready we're not clinging on every word for our own sustaining. People that are of good help, we are strong. We're taking time to get things we need to be strong on our own time. So that when we're helping them, they don't have to spend all their time trying to help us. We're helping them help someone else. This is true with God. This is true with others. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Now, here in John chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And here in verse 4 and 5, And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. When we're following the leader, we're following the voice we know. And you and I know the voice of the Spirit of God. Jesus continued in verse 27. He said, uh, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
So the people we follow are going to be people that are familiar. When they say something, it won't be strange to us. It will be something that will line up with what God already showed, with the voice we already know, with the voice of the great and good shepherd, the Lord Jesus. It will line up with that voice, and we'll follow them as to the Lord. Now here in chapter 12, verse 26 of John, let me go there. And I know we're coming close on time, but we're going to get you everything that God has for you here. 1226, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. To serve him is to follow him. And to serve him and follow him, that means wherever he is, we are. We're there in heart. We're there, yes sir, in soul. And we're there in body. We're ready to go. We're serving him. We're following him. Now go with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. I believe this will be in closing. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Thank you, Father, for more than enough time. Hallelujah. And here in verse 31, we'll actually go into the next chapter to the first verse. Um, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. So Paul was saying, you know, I do not eat something that's offered to an idol if it affects this brother or sister that that would see it. And if it's a hinder to them, then I won't eat it. I won't do that because it's more important that they not be offended and miss and be hurt in some way um, than me getting that meal. So I'll put away my meal for their helping. Excuse me. And he's saying now, so whatever you do, do it for the glory and to the glory of God. 11th chapter, verse 1. Be you followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. The Amplified Classic says, pattern yourselves after me. Follow my example as I imitate and follow Christ the Messiah. Following the voice that's familiar to the Messiahs. Imitating the one whose character, whose life imitates the masters. Thank you, Father. Um, In closing, let me just make sure we get to you everything that God gave me. If we are to be useful, we won't be found far behind or unable to get up and go now. Where God needs us at this point in time. We are to be instant in season, out of season. This is what we find the Spirit of God ministered uh, in the letters to Timothy. He, he told him, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Now, most people, in season is favorable to us. It's when we're ready. It's when we don't have other things going on. What about out of season? What about when it's in the middle of the night? What about when it's gone long? What about when you had something else scheduled? So now you're going to have to reschedule your thing, not do your thing, not make that appointment. Why? 
because something else came up and you need to help God. You need to help whom he told you to help. And that means saying no to your thing. That's out of season. Many people won't schedule anything unless it's out a month in advance. Well, if God's telling you to do it, you're showing you're not willing to do something out of season. You're showing immaturity. You're showing refusal to be helpful to God in His way. And if we do that, then we are showing that He can't use us more. That we are not willing to be faithful, reliable, trustworthy. Now, it's not saying go over something that we, uh, we know from God we're supposed to do. We be led of the Spirit of God. We make sure we're faithful to what he, whatever He's already told us to do. But are we faithful when it comes to being out of season? Out of our zone of comfort? Out of what is normal, reliable to us? Out of what we're used to doing? Will God tell us to do some things we've never done before? Well, that means it's out of our comfort zone. That means, that means you and I, our flesh will not like it. It will be new to us. It'll be new territory. And if we're going to be faithful and helpful, then we're going to have to override our flesh. We're going to have to override the way we normally do it because we love God, because we love His people, and because we want to be used of Him. This is how we help. Hallelujah. Um, thank you, Father. So it's not just seeking our own comfort. Um, God has not called us to do things that we are naturally comfortable doing. He's called us to do what He's directed us to do. Now, who is our leader in this place? It's a simple thing. Why has it become so difficult? You know, kids follow this game, follow the leader, very easily. It's a very simple task. But many adults, they don't know who they're supposed to be following right now. They don't know who their leader is. And that's a problem. But it's a problem that can be simply fixed today. You and I can look to God right now and He'll show us in our homes, in our workplaces, in our churches, wherever it is, who are we to be uh, imitating as unto Christ? Who are we to be following and helping? That's not saying they don't have things they need to change. They do. But how are we to help? Notice this. We're not here to critique them and change them. We're here to help them. Big difference. And... Um, the Holy Spirit is the greatest example of help we have and the help that we can be today. How close does He follow us? How close does the Holy Spirit, I know we've gone a little bit extra on minutes, but how close does the Holy Spirit follow us? He said, God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So He is ever with us. You won't, you know, look around and go, man, where's my helper? And the Holy Spirit be over there getting a corn dog. You will never find that. You won't find him with an ice cream cone two miles away. He is right there. This is the helper that we have to be that kind of help. He will, if we look to him, put us in such close proximity that if God stops, you are hitting his back. Because that's how close you are in fellowship with him. And if you and I are that faithful, the faithful abound with blessings. You will find yourself fully supplied and satisfied. 
and you will enjoy life like you never have because you will be the most faithful, helpful one, one of God's best and most useful ones in the earth. Hallelujah. Thank you for that, Lord. He is making us some of His best help in these days. In Jesus' name. That's all our time for this broadcast. Friends, we love you. We bless you. And we will see you soon. Thank you, Lord.